0: Hi everybody, you're listening to Shadow Talk, Digital Shadows' weekly threat intelligence and cybersecurity news updates. I'm your host for today, Victoria Austin, and we're in London. Joining me, we have Phil Doherty and Adam Kirk. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. We last recorded the podcast when the World Cup for Cricket was on, is that correct?
1: Uh, the Ashes. The Ashes. The Ashes, yeah, World Cup was before that. That's all right, you're trying, you're trying. It's all good, it's all good, I'm here.
0: Uh, that's good, but this week's... Uh, We've got a new sporting event.
2: We have the Rugby World Cup. A proper sport. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, we could go on for, I guess, for a bit longer for the sport, but (laughs) we've got to stick to the script. Yeah,
1: let's stay on point.
0: So in in this week, it's quite a packed agenda, I'd say. We are going to kind of dive in with the Tortoise Shell group. So this is a newly identified threat group named Tortoise Shell. Adam, what what do you have
1: there yeah so uh like you said previously unknown uh threat group uh being named by security researchers as Tortoise Shell, and they've been observing some campaigns targeting it providers in saudi arabia and quite interesting that this is kind of aligned with the ongoing trend that we've seen over the last 12 months of threat groups of kind of varying motivations and capability targeting suppliers uh, conducting you know kind of uh, consistent consistently conducting supply chain attacks so interesting that um new newly emerged group i think you know i might be stand corrected here but i think this is the first reporting of any activity attributed to this group um and we've seen them y- using some custom built tools uh, and also those that are publicly available one of the interesting things that the researchers noted is that they may have potentially been using a tool called poison frog, which is uh, been attributed to the Iranian associated APT 34. Uh, That's quite interesting because they're only building their own tools, but using this is one of the tools that was leaked uh, in April, 2019 part of a big exposure of APT 34's toolkit. And so, yeah, really interesting what we focused on here, what we tried to expand out of this story was the uh, consistent use of the consistent, um, uh, supply chain attacks that uh, we've been observing from, uh, from a variety of different groups.
0: Yeah. So I think the kind of, as you, as you mentioned, the targeting of the supply chain. So these IT providers would have been providing a service to, um, a client. Mm-hmm. And so in this sense, the group has gone after these IT providers yeah. for that reason. Yeah. And I think this is quite significant, I guess, because, third-party supply chains are being targeted more frequently? Is there Mm -hmm. something that we've been observing over the last year?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, like the variation in attacks that are like being labeled as supply chain attacks, then, then definitely, I think, you know, if you, if you take a step back and you think about what kind of uh, provision, like IT providers can do, you're, you're thinking about, are they looking for access to like a large database of customer information you know, what are these IT companies providing? Are they providing infrastructure or like development environments or that kind of stuff? So there's definitely, we've seen through these examples over the 12 months, um, uh, like different motivation behind going for suppliers. So, you know, are they looking to compromise an ultimate target or are they just looking to get access to a wider range of, you know, end victims? Um, So it's definitely, it's definitely interesting, like why and how the popularity has grown is likely due to the kind of varied nature of opportunities that targeting suppliers, you know, can provide or is on offer to these threat groups. Um, you know, you've got,
0: I guess, because some people tend to forget that the supply chain, it might be the weakest link when it comes to an organization. So, um, they might, the actors, for example, might be capitalizing on these services, Mm -hmm. um, because the suppliers may be seen as a cheap outsourcing capability. So it's like, okay, we don't have the speciality in house to do this. We'll hand this over to a third party supplier. So they've, that is kind of like the outsourcing capability. But I guess from that, in that respect, maybe the security of that supply or that third party supplier hasn't been thought or hasn't been brought into consideration when they're outsourcing this capability. And I think that is quite an interesting point within this because we're kind of seeing this in the wider landscape as well, aren't mm-hmm.
1: we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that you have to think about there as well is that it's not just about your own security anymore. One of the things that I thought was, you know, quite interesting from, that you can take away from this trend is that you know the the broadening, the, the internet economy, right? The way that people are doing business nowadays and the, the amount of supplies that you interact with and it's not just traditional like manufacturing or logistics suppliers anymore. You know, I don't think you can really limit supply chain attacks to that, you know, just in that single bracket anymore. Because, you know, these you, you supply, you supply chain attacks are being directed at kind of any company in any sector. And that kind of interconnected nature of modern day business via the internet is just giving so much more opportunity to, to conduct these attacks. So yeah, I definitely think it's, pertinent in that nowadays, it's not just about how secure you are as an organization. You have to be looking out uh, to, you know, be in touch and maintaining those relationships with your suppliers. I thought one of the, there's an interesting uh, story about the Magecart threat umbrella who were, you know, reportedly targeting the Forbes magazine subscription page. And they were doing that via one of Forbes third party, like advertising partners, So you know, it's not it's not just that traditional, like like I said, manufacturing or logistics companies anymore. Like there's so much more opportunity to conduct these attacks because of the way that companies are interacting with each other and outsourcing stuff over the internet.
0: Yeah, and I think so. I guess if we look at who has been performing uh, supply chain attacks, has it typically kind of been nation state actors who are doing this, or is that kind of evolving now?
1: I think, you know it was previously thought that going after suppliers was limited to nation-state groups, you know highly organized, state-sponsored threat actors, simply because of the resources and the tools required to do so. Um, but certainly, you know some of, the, some of the more recent attacks that we've seen, and now with tortoiseshell emerging as well as a completely new group who have no apparent um, agenda or no like clear links it's not you know this is this is you know at the time of us having this conversation i don't know if it will emerge that they are linked to someone in the future but you know you've got more financially motivated if you think about what magecart magecart coming out i think there was there's also been some uh, quite significant attacks towards like kind of cryptocurrency firms like applications that they outsource for like access to user wallets cryptocurrency wallets and um, and i think there's definitely more financially motivated threat actors uh, targeting the supply chain as well. So like I said, I don't think you can limit it to any one set of TTPs, any one one kind of group. There's definitely a broadening of the landscape in that sense.
0: And I guess that must make it harder for, say, security professionals to kind of mitigate against these attacks as well. Like, what would be your kind of takeaways?
1: Certainly. I think, like I said before, the, the way in which these attacks are like the variety of these attacks and all the different entry vectors that are open to, to these threat groups. Now uh, I think that it's definitely going to add another for like, if not now in the like short term future, add another fundamental layer to best security practices. You know, if you're going to establish a security framework and you're not looking at anyone that you're doing business with or any of your suppliers, then, you know, that's just, you know, a big hole to be filled, I think.
0: Okay, and then moving on, we have North Korea's Lazarus Group. What's the story here?
1: Yeah, so uh, newly identified malware variants attributed or likely attributed to North Korea's Lazarus Group, as you said. Uh, ATM D-Track and D-Track, I think they are, I think D-Track is a variant of ATM ATM D-Track, observed in new campaigns, uh, the first uh, ATM D track observed targeting Indian ATMs for the theft of credit card information and the subsequent variant D track, I think was deployed because kind of, as it's got remote access Trojan capabilities. So, uh, one of these new, uh, tools that fits into the kind of info stealer landscape. I think the, I think both tools had kind of similarities with code that they'd used in a previous campaign. Like a, quite a well-known yeah. uh, Lazarus campaign, Dark Soul that happened in, back in two thousand and thirteen. I think that's where the main link was made between between the two of them.
2: Yeah, I don't think either if a nation state actor or a nation state associated actors using these tools or developing new tools, we can we can say that it is somewhat sophisticated, but it doesn't look anything too out of the ordinary um, for a financially motivated state actor like Lazarus Group. Um, I mean, am just looking at some of the capabilities of it here now is. Standard key logging, um, retrieving sort of browser history, host IP address information gathering. Um, so it, it's interesting that they're bringing out new tools, but it's it's nothing out of the ordinary, and right? it's not oh, yes, uncommon for these. With previous yeah, reporting. They're always coming up with new custom tools, here and there.
0: So um, so yeah, Phil. I guess kind of like mitigation um, strategies for these kind of attacks. What what are your recommendations?
2: Yeah. So for for these for these two tools. Um, some sort of internal network access or, or control over the network is is typically needed um there are other ways to to drop sort uh, these sorts of malware as well but um in in this in these reports it seems to be accessed via weak network uh security policies weak passwords sort of your standard standard loopholes that a threat act- actor can use so it's it's important to keep auditing your your systems and keep updated with all all these password policies and use a good old Sophisticated antivirus, I think, is the is the main one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they work. So yeah, don't don't rely on the default <laughs> computer one. Yeah. Get, get a good one involved.
0: Well great. Thanks for sharing that one. And then emotet lives again.
1: EmoTet's back. Yeah. Uh, four months, I think, since yeah. we've last seen it, or what the reporting suggested. And not sure there was anything particularly new in terms of delivery or uh, kind of like motivation behind deploying Emotet,
0: but who, exactly who were they targeting exactly? In, uh
1: from from what the reporting told us, I think it was uh, German and Polish speaking users through traditional kind of spam emails uh, to you know to kind of compromise a machine, add it to the botnet, um, and then go from there. So I think you know I guess one notable thing was that kind of broadening of attack geographies, but. You know, such a widely used tool well established yeah. popular
2: it's always going to um, be a problem right yeah it's, it's tech's always going to be around be you're going to see new updates new new variants of it the thing i actually quite like about this attack is um the fishing laws that they used oh really yeah what so co- they <laughs> yeah, yeah, these, these are good one, oh these it's are such good. irony so they used um uh snowden's memoirs as an attachment for the fishing law so it's like, oh, well, we're going to tell you about someone who stole some information while stealing your information. Oh, I oh, see. great. They could claim to contain a copy of his new book. Oh, that's great. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's still your standard phishing. It was just the topic itself.
0: Yeah, try and lure them in. Yeah, exactly. So I guess in that sense, the phishing email definitely works then.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, they've got, they've got follow-up payloads as well, um, like, like the TrickBot and Ryuk in there, the ransomware. Um, so Emotet at this stage seems to be a bit of a catch-all malware. Um, so it has its own capabilities, but it's, it's often used as a um, second stage dropper for some of the more targeted or more, um, I don't want to say sophisticated tools, but, uh, the likes of a, um, a custom built ransomware itself, you know, it's, it's, it's almost part of a kill chain rather than the final executable at this stage, which is a, something to keep on mind out um, looking forward. But yeah, yeah, like we said, Emotech's always going to be around by the looks of things.
0: Yeah. And I think, I guess, if it's always going to be around, it's quite a costly operation for people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting that it's back. It shows that it's still popular. Um, And like Phil says, these kind of tools, they get updated so regularly. And that's kind of part of the operators, something they take into consideration because if they're not updating them and they're not keeping them versatile and able to continue to compromise people, then they're just going to kind of fall by the wayside and they're going to become a malware artifact as opposed to something that they can be sold or is advertised. You know, you see the growing malware as a service market. The main reason behind, behind updating all these tools is so that, you know, people can sell them or advertise them for sale. There's such market competition with these malware.
0: Great. Okay. So in other news, Digital Shadows researchers saw an, uh, a user-on-exploit forum. This is a high-profile Russian-language cybercriminal forum. Um, this user um, initiated a threat related to the healthcare sector. So interestingly, because uh, this actor actually posted in English rather than Russian, despite be- the site being um, a Russian-language forum, and that threat actor was trying to sell a network as- access, or allegedly was trying to sell and a, a network access to a multinational uh, healthcare company server. They didn't name the victim, but it's quite common on such a profile like that. And I think potentially out of frustration, the threat actor then did something quite unusual. So they initiated the first thread saying that they had this access, but then on following on from that, they then initiated a second thread and this thread kind of um, highlighted their Uh, Intentions to kind of access, deface, and then leak the data associated with the victim company's customer. This actor then stated that their aim by doing this um, was to kind of disclose financial information and therefore decrease the company's stock price. They didn't kind of explain how they were going to do this, um, kind of in their kind of attack strategy. But then, following on from this thread, another threat actor kind of engages, um, responding back kind of often offering their help to um, help the seller kind of profit from the trading of the stocks um, if the seller had access to kind of like the biannual company profit reports. So it was kind of unclear whether this was like a general offer or specific to this kind of particular case. But then subsequently, a third actor kind of joins in this uh, kind of thread and kind of challenges the seller's claims um, kind of actually casting doubt on whether leaking the data that they wanted to kind of do would actually decrease the stock, stock, stock price as, in, as intended. So um, they actually provided a for, uh, an example of a of kind of like a case study um, of, of kind of a company where this had kind of happened. Um, but I guess from kind of our perspective, when we were seeing this kind of interaction on the forum, um, it kind of really kind of points out the kind of dynamics between different factors on these forums in particular. Um, and you can see that, you know, when one's responding saying they can help them, it kind of shows like a bit of corporate cooper- cooperation. But then you have others within that kind of environment also challenging them. So I think from our perspective, um, it was quite just an interesting development that we had seen on uh, the forum in overall.
2: I think as well, this um, this user was observed in multiple discussions throughout the forum um often talking about quite technical processes and ways of accessing networks um so it it's it's unclear whether they do possess that technical capability to to conduct some sort this sort of attack or whether they do have direct access um but even contributing to discussions like that it kind of increases their perceived legitimacy um across the forum yeah so when looking at their um Additional posts uh, about this particular network access, even if it is sort of a, a publicity stunt in that way, it keeps their posts at the top of this thread, mm. so it keeps attention on on their topic and w- and what they're trying to get, so it might it it could garner some some additional attention from other users in the future um, but again there's there's so many questions there's more questions around this than actual certainties at this stage
0: so I guess with um following on from this. There's also another interesting development that's happened this week, and this kind of relates to a um, indictment. So, between the 2012 and 2015, there a hacking kind of took place, which uh, resulted in the theft belonging to a hundred million um, customers or victim companies. So, these are um, companies belonging in the US, uh, specifically financial institutions, um, US news publishers. And um, that hacking also resulted in the theft of eighty three million customer accounts for JP Morgan Chase that um, yeah, so the case is quite dated, but this week one um, one individual responsible for this hacking pleaded guilty, and that, you, uh, that individual um, is named as Andre Turin, and he's the only um, person pleaded guilty so far, but they kind of um, he was working with three other people, uh, according to the indictment. And it said that they um, kind of conspired together to kind of um, engage in securities fraud, um, as well as stealing uh, personal information belonging to customers. So this is interesting, again, because it kind of links back to the the kind of observations we just found on exploit, where um, this hacker, in this case, Andre Turin, was kind of conspiring to um, manipulate the stock market. So what they were um, said to have done was they were promoting stocks to investors, um, prompting the victims that they had targeted to then buy stocks. Then um, this would kind of raise the selling price of that, of that stock. Um, And then following on from that, they could then sell them on to make a quick profit from this. So, uh, this is actually otherwise known as a pump and um, dump, pump, dump stock, uh, stock scheme. And we've actually previously reported on this in other podcasts. But we actually wrote a blog about this this week. This was um, published by Richard Gold. And I think it's just a very interesting development. And in this blog, we um, actually looked at the attacker strategies and then kind of mapped this to the MITRE ATT&CK framework. So if you're interested in reading it, um, I definitely recommend it you can go to com. so yeah didn't know if anyone else had any thoughts about the indictment in general
1: yeah i mean <clears throat> they've named him so far i was going to say when you were going through it i'd be surprised if he was doing it on his own you know this is a big uh,
2: real big campaign yeah who's um who are they associated with do you know are they just like oh a- uh,
0: so that's actually a very interesting point so although um the hacker um is originally from Russia, so it's a Russian ha- ha- hacker. However, there is, it was quite clear in the statement that he wasn't associated with the nation state, mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. acting yeah. on their own accord, basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Are they associated with any sort of established cybercrime group? At this search? stage, I,
0: a... I don't know, actually.
2: Yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see the play out of whether this arrest um, and conviction has, has any effect on the hierarchy of the group that they're associated with, if they are um we see a lot of times in the past if an indictment comes out it rarely has an effect on the persistence or the levels of activity of an established cybercrime group um it seems to be whoever is arrested someone just fills in their position very quickly Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i mean i'd be shocked even if they get the other three that are associated with the attack i'd be surprised if there's not like a bunch more ready and waiting to crack on and and continue this kind of thing. Especially if you consider the scale of, of this, right? This, is, this isn't just a drop in the ocean. This is quite
2: a big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. The other threat actors getting their CV ready. Yeah. <laughs> Filling the gaps. Yeah. Limbering up. <laughs> Rubbing their hands together.
0: Cool. Well, I think that's everything for today. Anyway, I think moving on, does anyone have any highlights for the week or would you rather? That's always quite a fun one to kind of lead on.
1: From. No, you can't catch me out this week because I'm ready. Because I'm not ready You caught me out last time. Um, Obviously, uh, England have just put 45 points past the US in the World Cup. We alluded to that at the beginning. Good stuff. Bit of a disappointing and rather mad end to the game. But (laughs) we won't worry about that because there was already 45 (laughs) points on the board. Uh, In other news, I've been collecting some serious gems on Crash Bandicoot. I don't mean to brag, but...
0: Do you, you just, know, just want to explain been, what that is to yeah.
1: all our All our listeners all will I know listen what Crash Bandicoot is. Are you sure? Best game ever made. Yeah, they've just remastered it for PS4. All three games in one.
0: So that's your weekend, I guess. Are you getting royalties from Crash Bandicoot? Yet?
2: I
1: mean, if they want to pay me, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, side note, this is not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. by, how do I say it? <laughs> but no, yeah, there's lots going on.
1: Uh, it's been an interesting week, both at work and outside of it. Um, England are going to win the World Cup You heard it here first thank Well you. I mean yeah well, As an Irish man I know.
0: <laughs> Cool uh, when's, when's the I hot? actually So I think my highlight today is I think it's National Dumpling Day
2: Oh no that's great
0: I'm a big dumpling fan So Mate, I think I'm going to get some dumplings tonight Yes yeah. yes yeah. Or it was at least this week I'm pretty sure I'm going to double check that one Because that's quite big news I feel But you don't want to be getting that one wrong
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to eat a load of dumplings for no reason. <laughs> That's what could be worse.
0: Maybe I could surge the stock price. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it is correct today. It is National Dumpling Day. There
1: you go. Get down to Din Tai And
0: I, I am <laughs> going to. Yeah, I will be going to a dumpling restaurant in London. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, how about you, Phil? Actually, week I'm not. No. Know, you know. <laughs> no highlights just, first week. I'll just this week. I'm
2: just surviving this week.
0: Cool, we'll just say the World Cup
2: then. Yeah, well, I mean, the Rugby World Cup is just great. Yeah, can't deny it. That was just the best sport going.
0: Okay, cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening today. I hope you've um, enjoyed the little nuggets of information we provided you with. As always, um, you can always find out more information by visiting com. Thank you.